are here for a reason. Breaking down the brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. <laughs> You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Happy Sunday to you. I am so glad to be here with you and so glad to partake in the reading of the word with you. I wish I was the one who came up with the branding of Be the Berean, but I was not. <laughs> and I don't think the person wants to be mentioned, but if if she ever does, just please let me know and I will certainly give you credit for it. Uh, folks, this series, I really believe the Lord led me to do it and uh, on this book of Jude. And uh, as I stated for last week for, you know, part of it is my repentance. Part of it is our calling. Part of it is a warning. And we're going to get into all of those things and much, much more as we get into this book. Um, I want to say that, you know, when I make the claim that I believe God led me to this, this is that speculative. And in context of the chapter that we're reading, uh, I want you to understand how to investigate and how to make an evaluation. So there's no way I can prove that statement that the Lord led me to this. So that is understood. However, I can say with confidence that I'm going to do the will of the Father in doing this. I'm going to be studying his word with you. I'm going to be reading his word, and I will be exalting the name of Jesus. So there is evidence that this is at least God-ordained because we're called to do these things. And the book of Jude has is a warning. God do, did not make mistakes when he put his book together. This is, the book of Jude is the last book before the book of Revelation. If you go to Revelation chapter 1 and go back a page, you're going to be in Jude. And when we study the writings of all the apostles in the New Testament, every one of the apostles talks about towards the end days and the apostasy in the church, the falling away, the being led astray. And this book pulls no punches. <laughs> this book is a straight out warning to us. And I can say with conviction, it's a warning to me. I want you to know that, first of all, I am not perfect. I've never claimed to be. I never went to Bible college. 
Why I'm here doing this, only God knows. It's not easy to do this. And, uh, you know, I do get enjoyment out of it. I, I do love what I do right now. But it's possibly the hardest work I've ever done. It really is. And I take this responsibility serious. And so as we examine this book of Jude, there's going to be a lot of truths that come out. And judging from last week uh, in the comments, and by the way, uh, I've never received more of an abundance of favorable comments in the two years that I have done this broadcast as I have in the last two weeks. And I want to thank you for those. And, uh, you know, I replied to one earlier today, even saying that, uh, you know, honestly, I am the least among you. And I continued to write to this person because it was a really nice compliment that, uh, that I'm not coming off. That's not a false humility. I want you to know it's really not a false humility. If you could see my thought life, if you could see, if you had a camera on me and watched my entire walk, um, you would probably be sadly disappointed. My thought life, I'm getting under control. I'm working on it. I admit um, that I have flaws in my thought life. My physical walk, look, there's too many times that uh, I think about things wrongly. And I'll give you an example. You know, a, a young child, uh, sometimes a spanking is a good corrective measure. And I think most people would agree with it. it might be controversial, but I think most people, it's done in love. And sometimes when I'm speaking with an adult or I see what someone is doing, I think throwing that guy a good beating would, uh, would probably do him some good. Is it wrong? Absolutely. Is it part of my nature? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm six foot two, 250 pounds. I I'm capable. And so, uh, it, but it's the easy way. And I use that as a demonstration. That's the easy way. The hard thing is to do the right thing. And so, you know, I'm putting myself out there, uh, hopefully, so you see the Lord's work in my life. I hope that you see that I'm really pressing into the scriptures and allowing God to work in my life. And I hope that there will be evidence, uh, no matter how long it takes, that you'll see me growing. Uh, so I just want to say that as a backdrop before I play a song, uh, I will open up in prayer now, and then I'll introduce the song that we're going to play because having worship before reading of the word just works. <laughs> it just works. Worship is our warfare folks. Uh, it's part of our warfare, big part of our warfare. So heavenly father, I thank you for the privilege of doing this broadcast. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being joined with all these great people that you have brought into this community. And Father, I thank you that they recognize this show is not about me, but it's about us. 
an hour walk exalting the name of Jesus. Father, there's no decision in life that is more important than accepting and submitting and repenting to Jesus Christ and getting salvation because life is eternal. You've created us that way. And Lord, I pray that you prepare us through the reading of your word, through supporting each other, that Lord, that we can together really make a difference in this world, serving you and by your Holy Spirit. So Father, I do pray your Holy Spirit fall upon each one of us at this moment. Lord, let the Spirit come alive inside of us. Let your Spirit translate these words to us, Father, because on our own intellect, we cannot understand the things of God. It's only by the gift of the Holy Spirit, God, that we even can understand a fraction of the glory of God. And Father, you know the book of Jude is not a... Uh, it's not necessarily a feel-good message, Father. It's This certainly is not going to be a pep rally. In fact, I believe, Father, that you're going to reveal some very hard truths or at least some statements worth contemplating. Father, I pray for your grace upon me, and I pray the Holy Spirit speaks through me. If anything comes from myself, and is not of you and does not glorify God, then I pray it falls off of the ears of those who listen. And Father, that you'll even bring me correction. Uh, immediate correction. If I could correct it right on the spot, Lord, I will. So Father, I commit this reading of the word to the glory of your son's name. And I pray a blessing upon each one who is here, no matter what time you're listening to this, that the Lord touch you, restore you, restore your health, give you gladness in his provision in your life. And Father, the confidence of walking with God and serving on this earth. Because God... You've got our back, and there's no one I'd rather I'd rather have in my corner. There's no comparison. If God is for us, who could be against us? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to play a song, and you know, a little while ago, I had promised a worship song, uh, worship service, and I actually had intended it to do last night. Because of personal circumstances, I was really not able to uh, put it together. It takes a lot of time to render videos and put things up. And and quite honestly, we didn't have that many entries. Uh, it'd be enough for a short show, but not really the show that I uh, had imagined. So what I feel led to do, and I humbly submit that I trust this is going to be okay uh, with those who submitted, is I'm going to start... Uh, playing them on Sunday uh, before we get going because it's really special because it's worship 
from our ranks, from our platoon that God has put together. And uh, I'm not going, you know, in, in order of favorites or anything like that. However, I'm just going to do them in uh, in order in which I received them. Now, this particular person submitted two, uh, so I might not do two in a row, but we'll see where uh, where it ends up next week. For those of you who are just listening on Podbean, um, you're going to have a treat because she has a beautiful voice. Um, and you're in for a treat because you're not going to be jealous. <laughs> Uh, this particular person, you will miss out on uh, on her natural beauty, of course. And by the way, this is a friend of mine. We've talked, and uh, uh, but those of you who are watching on uh, on YouTube or Facebook or whatever plat D Live, whatever platform uh, that you're watching from, uh, you're gonna see that actually this person is broadcasting from a place that's about as close to heaven on Earth as it can get. Uh, so without further ado, let me bring up Ophira for our very first listener on the Sunday show. You're going to enjoy this. Our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, hallelujah. Hallelujah, thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam, oh praise him, oh praise him, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thou rushing wind that art so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along, oh, praise him, hallelujah. Thou rising moon in praise rejoice, ye lights of evening find a voice, oh, praise him. Oh, praise him, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thou flowing water, pure and clear, make music for thy Lord to hear. Oh, praise him, hallelujah, thou far so masterful, bright, that gives man both warmth and light. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And all ye met tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. Oh, praise him, hallelujah. You long pain and sorrow bear. Praise God and on him cast your care. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
their creator bless and worship him with humbleness oh praise him Wow. Thank you, Ophira. And for those, I didn't tell you where she was broadcasting from for those of you listening on Podbean uh, and Spotify, all those other uh, places. But uh, she, the backdrop was Hawaii. <laughs> and wow, just stunning, beautiful. And uh, for those of you who are watching, uh, I'm sure you noticed, but about three quarters of the way through, when she's singing hallelujah, her fist is going like she's she's proclaiming. Um, just beautiful. Just beautiful. Okay, so last time we only got five verses in, and I fear that I may not do much better this time. And uh, I apologize. I, I feel one of my eyes is going very red. I got something in my eye just prior to starting the broadcast. And uh, I, I was praying for God to clear it up because it had gone blood red. And uh, I didn't want that to be a distraction. So if it is not clear yet, um, you'll watch God work as we go through this. All right, um, we only got to verse 5. I think it's worthy of repeating the entire uh, verse, uh, entire book again. Uh, it's very short. It's like 25 verses, so I'm going to read it, and then we will continue the study of Jude, which, by the way, if uh, in my Bible, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, right before it, uh, it's entitled, the warnings of history to the ungodly. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are the called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all time 
handed down to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, though, you know everything once and for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. These he has kept in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they were in the same way as these angels, indulged in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh as exhibited as an example undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same way, these people also dreaming defiling the flesh, reject authority, and speak abusively of angelic majesties. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive argument, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people disparage all the things that they do not understand and all the things that they know by instinct. Like unreasoning animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them! For they have gone the way of Cain and for pay. They have given themselves up for the error of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the ones who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, like shepherds caring only for themselves. Clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. Wild waves of the sea churning up their own shameful deeds like dirty foam. Wandering stars for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. It was also these people that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are 
the grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining advantage. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own godly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some, have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless, with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Oh. Look, I, I know... <laughs> I know you guys were praying for me before I did this, but uh, I, I need more prayer. <laughs> I have some thoughts that uh, I want to edify the body with, but may be good, may not be good. Oh, Holy Spirit. So we covered the first, actually, four verses last time. And I'll just briefly, the necessity, there was a pressure. He has to do this. And I must admit, I uh, sympathize with the writer of this book, Jude. Because we need to contend earnestly for the faith. For it was handed down once for all time. There are no other words outside of the Bible that God has sanctified. Is it good to read Enoch? Listen, it's quoted from the first book of Enoch later on. It's okay. But the word of God is our corrective and our directive. If someone says something, and we're talking about apostasy, that's the great theme of this entire chapter. If someone is proclaiming and put on a, you know, behind a pulpit of any kind, it could be uh, someone in a church, it could be a YouTube person, it could be anyone. If someone is on a perch 
and they say incorrect things, they could be leading you astray. We are called to be the Bereans. Many of you last time were in the chat and in the comments calling for blood, essentially, of people. Is that what we're called to do? Or would it be more of a biblical way to correct the message? I'm not the judge of anyone. Heaven forbid, if I was a judge, there'd be a lot of people going to hell that, uh, that God probably intends to save. And there'd be a lot of people saved if I was the judge that probably should be going to hell. We are not called to judge people, but we can use the corrective from the Bible and the directive in our lives from the Bible, which is the word of God, which is our ownership manual. When you were, when you were given birth by God himself and you were sent down into the womb of a mother, you came out and the Bible in our generation was available to you on day one. In fact, if you have a godly mother uh, who was saved before you were born or father, they were reading the scriptures to you in the womb. And what we see is in this chapter, you either accept the word of God or you reject the word of God. There's no gray area. And, you know, Christians get criticized uh, for this, saying, well, we're not compromising. You know, the world has moved on. These books were written in a time, you know, when the social structure was this, so we must adapt them to today's social structure. Well, God's word is very clear on that. It was handed down once and for all time. So, are we to embrace LGBTQ? We're being told to by the world. No, God doesn't embrace it. Our, are we called to judge those people? No. First commandment is love your God. The second commandment is love your neighbor. Do they share this earth with you? Love them. Are they going to come into the kingdom if you're preaching hail and brimstone with them? No. Is their sin worse than my sin? Maybe there's a, a ranking of sins. Maybe God hates more sins than others. I don't know. He's the only judge. And we're going to learn a lot about his judgment when we get to that section. So we're going to get revelation from this. And I feel the personal conviction to do this out of stewardship. I mentioned these things last time. And part of it is my repentance. Because I have allowed apostasy on my show. And by more than one person, folks. And gladly, 
I will accept your corrections. Biblically based, not just one scripture that you can make sound any way you want, but if it's biblically based, I want, in fact, I desire your correction. Because I don't want to mislead anyone because there's a huge responsibility with this. Tens of thousands of people will hear this message today. Could you imagine standing in front of your Lord and when he opens up the books and he does and his judgment is fair and true, (laughs) well, yeah, you, you got one guy into heaven by preaching, but uh, you sent 10,000 down the wrong path. Now, I don't think that I'm going to make those mistakes to do anything so dramatic. But it's a huge responsibility, folks. And there's a huge responsibility on my prayer team because they know how serious this is. And it's a huge responsibility for yourself, your life, and your family to be the Berean. We're being told that in this chapter. So these people turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. But But it says they snuck in. So why would these people be in our midst? If they deny Jesus Christ, but they want to be here, well, only God knows. But we do get some clues later on in this chapter. Verse 5. Now I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. So what you see here are there's three examples, and this is the very first example. We all know the story of uh, the Israeli people. They were being, you know, they had a cloud By day, they had fire by night. They received manna from heaven. But they complained and complained and made false gods. And we know the story, all except for two. God judged that entire generation. And all but two were killed during the wilderness. God rendered his judgment on whom he calls his people. Now, in modern day, please understand, we are his people. If you are born again, if you proclaim Jesus Christ is your Lord, he We are his people. Wide is the gate to destruction. Narrow is the path to salvation. God doesn't expect us to be perfect, folks. 
but he just wants you to love him in your heart. Obey those commandments. Put God first. And it doesn't even say, and then, you know, put God first and then put yourself second. No. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. But it puts your neighbor ahead of you. How much of a selfish generation do we have today? Do we put others ahead of ourselves? I wish I did all the time. But, you know, we're, uh, we're clay and he is the potter. And, you know, it takes time spinning around. Now, you know, the Israelis walked around the mountain <laughs> and walked for 40 years and we're spinning even as we speak and his hands are upon us and he's shaping us. So it's okay. You know, everyone has a starting point and everyone has a finishing point. You just want to keep being molded by his hand. And you can trust in his salvation. I think it's really that simple, folks. Verse 6. And angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper dwelling place, these he has kept in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So not only are we judged, it is clear throughout scripture, the angels are judged as well. And angels, listen, think about it. They were created in heaven for him, just like we were. But they did not keep their proper domain. So if we are born into a sinful body and we sin, God knows we're going to. That, it's actually part of his plan. It's part of us having free will. God will respect your decision. If you've heard the gospel and reject it, you say, I don't want to spend my entire eternal life with God. God will answer that prayer. But if you also choose to be with him, God will answer that prayer as well. Now the angels, they were in heaven with God. And they chose not to keep their domain, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. They were meant to dwell with God. That was proper. But they did things that were not proper. And I'm going to give some speculation on this next part, and I want to be clear that it's speculation. There's going to be a few spots here. Uh, these he has kept in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. 
And I think, you know, the first pass when I read this, I think, oh, yeah, that's the angels that are chained up until the great day. But with more consideration of the scripture, I think this is talking about all of the fallen angels. He's kept in eternal restraints. They cannot do anything that they please. We see in the book of Job that Satan has to go up to God and say, consider your servant, Jeff, or consider your servant, Beulah or Angelina. He's under restraint. They are all under restraint and they don't have the great, great power. Listen, uh, you know, first of all, Michael, the archangel stronger. So, you know, I'm just saying, um, but they're under darkness. Well, they're in the kingdom of darkness. They're serving the kingdom of darkness. They cannot serve the light. They are put in this place by God to be in the kingdom of darkness for this time. Until the judgment of the great day. And it's going to be a great day. There's more on that in this chapter. The third judgment that is quoted here in the book of Jude. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they are in the same way as these angels indulged in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. So we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the way, there's archaeologists and uh, even one person, I've mentioned his name many times on here. And, you know, it's always controversial to say I really look up to someone, but uh, Trey Smith has uh, just put out some great information. And, you know, um, he does a video where he goes to Israel and they actually find the sulfur uh, balls in the sand. They're still there and they're abundant. So this is the sulfur that came down from heaven and just burned up the place. And, you know, it was for the sexual perversion and their strange flesh. Now, a lot of people will think of Genesis 6 where the angels had relationships with the women, uh, and I believe that's certainly part of it here because there is part of that story um, where they're trying to essentially have strange ways with angelic beings. But it's also homosexuality. And it was held up as an example for all time, just like the first judgment, by the way, have you noticed that we still talk about the Jewish people that are, you know, they were complaining, they were doing this, they were doing that, you know, oh, 
more, more than 2,000 years ago, they're putting the Bible as a reminder. And this Sodom and Gomorrah story is a reminder of the judgment. You could be the best human being in the world. But if you're partaking in these things, you're going to go to a dark place of eternal judgment. And by the way, that goes for all sin. If you told one lie in your life and you do not have salvation, you're doomed. Sobering. Verse 8. Yet in the same way, these people also dreaming defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak abusively of angelic majesties. I don't know where to go with this one, folks. But he's comparing, in verse 8, he's comparing to the three judgments that were just read. It's the same way these people also dreaming. So I don't know exactly what the Lord means by this. But dreaming, I guess one way to think about it would be I get dreams and visions from the Lord. I think they're from the Lord. I'm not sure. Some of them probably are. Some of them probably are not. But if I had a dream and let's say it was an instruction from the Lord, and I felt I could live my life a certain way because of that dream rather than if it, and it's different from what it says in the Bible, that might be what it is, or just dreaming of, uh, you know, being so wealthy and powerful or something like that, which really, you know, God can elevate you there, but if that's your dream, uh, it might be a bit of a, you might want to check on your motive there because a lot of the time, next line, uh, defile the flesh, reject authority. You know, we, uh, we live under authority of governments, law enforcement, and we might not like a lot of the laws that are out there. I certainly don't. And, you know, God's laws, there are, if we follow God's laws, there's no law of the land that can supersede that. However, God puts these leaders into place. So as much as I hate to say it, God put Justin and, uh, and B.O. into power. He put them there as to fulfill his purposes. And we are called to come in 
under their authority because they set the laws of the country as long as it does not go against our faith. If it goes against our faith, folks, you stand tall, stand strong. The next part, and speak abusively of angelic majesties. I pondered this statement for quite a while in my studies. And, you know, you're going to have to find the truth yourself. I'm, As I said, I never went to Bible college, folks. Um, but it doesn't say just uh, good angels. It doesn't say the bad angels. It says angelic majesties. So, and because it says angelic majesties, I think we had better guard our tongues when speaking of the fallen angels and certainly the two-thirds that remained in the kingdom of God. I just think there's a caution here. This is the word of God I'm reading. And if it leaves doubt, go with the absolute. Because it just says, angelic majesties. And we're probably only going to do this last verse because I'm looking at the time. And I'm probably going to say something that... Uh, is going well listen it's going to be controversial i'll tell you that right now um and i'm not saying it's the law i'm just saying it's something we had better contemplate because i think it brings up a very serious uh issue verse 9 but michael the archangel when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So the easy part of this is, obviously, we cannot do this in our power. And even Michael the mighty archangel of God cannot do it on his power. Even Michael's life is given to him by God. So Michael had the wisdom to know that he had to rebuke, the had to let the Lord rebuke Satan and not himself. And, I, and I'm not picking on any one person here, folks. I'm not picking on anyone. I'm just saying I got this revelation this morning. And I want to put it out there. And I want your feedback on this. Please. 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 
But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment. Michael did not dare to do that. And by the way, uh, singing poor last night was off the charts. Thank you so much to the team who leads it. They put in a huge amount of effort. You know, for those of you who attend, uh, you see how well prepared they are. And, and the, the spirit of servitude to serve God first and to serve you as a neighbor, commandments one and two. We do, and it's powerful. And we're seeing prayers answered all the time. All the time now. <clears throat> I'm not scared to say this, folks. I'm not scared. I just want to say it in love. And this is something I have done as well. So, again... I don't know if it's right or wrong, but what I'm reading in this scripture is telling me something. Oftentimes, we have, we have incredible authority in Christ. We have the authority to pray to Christ for Christ to do these things. And God wants us to call upon his name, God. Judge that. God, bring your judgment upon this. Lord, end this for us. May the Lord rebuke that thing. But I think there has been some false teaching, and even by myself, about the authority that we have in Christ. And this verse is teaching me a lot, folks. We are not called to take on these demons. Are we to call out to the Lord to take them on? Yeah, I think we're commanded to do that. But I'll give an example. If I was to say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, Satan. Okay, I'm using God's name. That's cool. But I bind you. Okay, first of all, Am I going to go up to the second heaven? And by the way, there, there's no uh, solid ground for me to stand on and try to do a fight. Can you imagine? Um, and I'm just going to use an example. Most of our audience is a female audience, so I'm going to use a female as an example. Let's say you were beside a dock in a canoe, and it's not tied to the dock, so the canoe is very, very shaky, and I'm standing on the dock a couple feet above you, and you want to pick a fight with me. How ridiculous is that? Physically. 
It's ridiculous. It'd be ridiculous me against a, a man smaller than me. How am I going to go bind Satan? How am I going to bring judgment upon a demon? I can't. And I think my interpretation, folks, is this is a warning. So in our prayer life, consider it and correct me. Listen, I don't know the Bible as good as most of you. But in our prayer life, at least this concept is worth considering that we change our words because when we say, I bind you, Satan, or I bind you, Astaroth, or I bind who, whatever demonic name, Mulak, Baal, first of all, are we talking to them or are we talking to God? Think about that. I bind you. I'm not praying to God now. I'm yelling at them. I only say this because I want our prayers to be as powerful as possible. And perhaps, listen, maybe it's nothing, folks. Maybe I'm not on anything here. But if our prayers are to be as powerful as possible, instead, I pray to the Lord Jesus that, Lord Jesus, you take down that stronghold. And I know many of you already do that. I'm just, this might, maybe this lesson is only for me. And maybe I'm even incorrect in my interpretation of the scripture. Be the Berean. Let me know. Oh boy. I'm scared to look at comments. Ah, I'm not scared. <laughs> uh, anyone disagreeing with me yet? <laughs> uh, oh, Misty, you truly are my friend. I have to agree with this also, Jeff, she writes. And uh, Emmy says, we have a great foe in Satan. I hope I said your name right. Uh, revolutionary bliss. We are meant to call Jesus to take care of them, but we can tell them to go eat rocks by calling on Jesus if they are tempting us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, here's a scripture put up. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye has have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, Philippians 2, verse 12. Thank you for that. Folks, uh, it's a privilege to be here in front of you. And I'm greatly moved by the Spirit doing this. And 
that's part of the reason I'm doing the show alone now, and I'll still interview people and, you know, I'll still have people on. Uh, Cisco has been wanting to come on for the last couple of weeks, and I know many people are asking for her to come on, uh, but she just has been a little under the weather, and uh, there's just some different things. Life is busy, uh, but I've been talking to her probably two or three times a week. She'll be on. Um, I plan to have a very, very special guest on in the very near future. Um, very special to me. One of the most special people in my life. And I know you'll be treated by it. And, uh, and you'll see someone who frequently disagrees with my interpretation of scripture, <laughs> but I love to wrestle with that person. Uh, about it and it's it's a good thing so thank you everyone for being here and uh, oh i have to monday night uh halloween night is uh a special prayer session we're doing singing poor will be at 8 p.m eastern standard time and it's not going to be as you know the typical uh prayer session where we have sharing at the end and stuff like that. We're not going to do that, uh, but we are going to pray in the spirit against the things of the devil and for God's kingdom to flourish. And I'm sure that we will mix in some worship with that. And if there's one night that you should join us on that prayer call, it is Monday night, October 31st at 8 p.m. Come and see what people are talking about. Come and come and taste and see how good the Lord is. And I suspect it will be very, very powerful. And uh, I also expect, and I say this in faith, that it is going to make more than a dent in the kingdom of darkness. And wouldn't you want to be counted among those who participated in that? Glory to God. All right. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, remember, love your God. Love your neighbor. Actually, I always say love your family. I got to change it up because love your neighbor is number two. I'm going to have to change my ending, but I'm so used to saying it. But love your God, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.